Hey y'all, welcome back to Ray of Light TV. It's Raven Lynn. I am Robin Hughes, Raven's mom. Yes, I have my co-host back here again, Ooh, as co-host. promised. <laughs> Part two of Kingdom Culture. So last week, me and my mom set it off talking about kingdom culture, what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God, how we live this out and walk this out in our lives every day. And now we just go keep that conversation rolling. Okay. Robin, you ready? Did you just call me Robin? Ma, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. Question number one. Mom, tell us a little bit about your beloved Tuskegee. Tell us about where you went to college and the culture of your school. How did this experience shape you as a woman? And how has it grown you as a woman? Did you get your bubbly spirit from this podcast? You feel, I mean, did you get your bubbly spirit from this college? You feel with so much light and joy. And I just want to know, how did how did your beloved Tuskegee play into this? Oh, my God. My beloved mother, Tuskegee, the pride okay. of the swift growing oh south. We pay thee our homage today. Oh, my God. Tuskegee was such a pivotal part, such an integral part of who I am today. Um... I, I just cannot say enough about my beloved mother. Um, if you're a Tuskegee alumni, you know we call Tuskegee mother. And the reason behind that is because we feel like, te- like any mother, Tuskegee nurtured and groomed us into the great adults we are today. And I took so much from Tuskegee, from the history, from the legacy um, of the Tuskegee Airmen, um, the, the nurturing and the understanding of respect of history and the respect and honoring of those that went before us that paved the way for us we were groomed in that in Tuskegee um as you may or may not know out there in podcast land Tuskegee University was founded by Booker T Washington Mm -hmm. and Booker T Washington was a slave and um, one of Tuskegee's required reading, I'm gonna try to cut it down, Ray. I know, but basically, long story short, one of our one of our required readings is up from slavery when you attend Tuskegee University as a freshman. And the one thing I took away from up from slavery is Booker T. Washington was a slave. He wasn't a free black man. He wasn't a post-era slave. He was a slave. His mother was a cook for the plantation master. They lived in the house, which was the kitchen, and he was a slave. And although he was born a slave, he never adopted slave mentality. Mm. When I first saw that, it was powerful to me when I wrote that book. Like, he didn't hear about slavery. Like Frederick Douglass, they didn't hear about slavery. They lived the atrocities of slavery, but they never allowed the the mentality, the culture of restricted slave thought to enter into their minds. It never became their I am. Mm. Although they were slaves, they never, Booker T. Washington never became a slave, although he was a slave. He felt he had an obligation through education to educate 
because by now he's free and it's his job to educate all of these uneducated slaves because slaves weren't allowed to read. They weren't allowed to write. He fueled himself. He mobilized himself to go to the people that once owned him to begin to seek funds to start Tuskegee University because he knew and understood it was his duty to give back to the the, the group of people he once belonged to, which were slaves. So, wow. yes. So I'm sorry. I always get off on these tangents. Yes, Tuskegee is pivotal to everything I am. I was at the VA hospital the other day and I ran into a Tuskegee Airman. Mm-hmm. And I literally, because he was in a wow. wheelchair, I literally knelt, knelt down under him and just said, hello, thank you, you know, for your service. But I was just so honored to be in his presence because, again, being from Tuskegee, I know everything they went through. Mm-hmm. They were seen as less than. They were given the absolute worst equipment, the worst airplanes, the worst pay, the worst food. Mm-hmm. Yet, every American um, war historian president had can unequivocally say, without the Tuskegee Airmen, we would have lost World War II. Yeah. So no matter what you're given, no matter what is said to you, what is the legacy to rise above to your true authentic self? Wow. That's what I take away from Tuskegee University. Wow. Say that again, man. That was yes. good. I love Tuskegee. Yes. Tuskegee, the legacy and the, the respect, the legacy and the tradition taught me no matter what you're given, no matter what you're told you are, you know how to rise above yeah. to your true authentic self. I think that's so powerful in our discussion around culture because these people were given like beyond the worst. You know, black beyond people in America were given yes. less than anything we could ever imagine. Yeah. But it, it's really about the mentality that yes. you take on. Even yes. though I may be a slave, even though mm-hmm. I may be bound technically, mm-hmm. I don't have to take on the culture, My the mentality, the yes. idea yes. of a slave. And I think that's another part of walking out this walk in faith because even though we are humans, even though we have limitations, God says that we are free. God says that we can do all things. Mm-hmm. God says that we are more than conquerors. God mm-hmm. says that the world, we literally have dominion over this earth. Mm. And so it's about taking on the mentality of who God says that we are yes. and not looking at our traditional limitations yes. and things that we yes. have around us. Yes. And yes. and we see even with the Tuskegee Airmen, they were living and walking out that faith yes. when everybody was telling them calling them probably the n-word calling them probably the dirt calling them everything they believed that they were something more yes and god made a way for them to show that Mm because remember they are airmen these are pilots however they were given a job as cooks Mm -hmm. um they weren't even airplane technicians and i mean these are educated articulate professional pilots but because they stayed true to who they were god opened the door for mm-hmm. them to begin to fly. Yeah. They soared. And they soared. And when they flew physically in their planes, when they flew, they flew. They when flew. they flew, they flew. That's they the word. waiting for the opportunity. And when they flew, they flew. Yes. yes. Somebody yes. on here probably just waiting for their opportunity. And when they, they fly, they go yeah. fly. And just always remember, be patient. Because God is going to honor your patience and your faith. 
mm-hmm. and always believe in yourself. The thing I love wow. most about the history of the Tuskegee Airmen, they always believe they was just waiting on their chance. But not one time did being called the N-word or being treated consistently like you are less than, it never captured their mind. These men were ready. They were like, when we get our opportunity, we're going to show them who we are. And they showed them General Chappie James. They showed them who they were. They they began to call it because they flew with red tails on their their airline, their their jet pilots had red tails on them to denote that they were Negro flyers. But at the end, those red tails on their planes were seen as a sign of fierce, fierce competitors focused on bringing down the enemy. They were revered. They were loved. They were revered by Germans and Americans alike. Wow. I love it. I love my history. You know, don't talk to me about that. I know. We go via here talking about about that. When you transfer to Tuskegee, you go understand. (laughs) When I transfer to Tuskegee, I will understand. (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Question number two. That was so beautiful, Mom. What would you say to Speak Life? Because we talked about this a little bit, your passion for the youth and your passion for speaking life into our legacy, people who are coming from, you know, people coming from us. And um, I think it was so interesting because my bishop was talking a little bit today about Eve and our legacy through Eve. We are carrying the mantle of this strong woman who who whose whose purpose it was to give life to birth life to be fruitful to multiply and so as i think about myself in my everyday life i I just think how am i multiplying how am i becoming more of who god said that i was and that was so beautiful but what would you say mom to teens and to young adults struggling with this weird time not being able to have a, a full college experience not being able to do all this stuff because of corona and their futures are not as mapped out as clear maybe their majors aren't as mapped out or as clear because of this huge roadblock that has happened so what words of wisdom would you give them about the culture of their kingdom to speak life into what they are going through and what perspectives can they take in such a trying time hmm. I I think I would say the first thing is to stay connected to the best of your ability. Stay connected to your like-minded friends. Definitely stay connected to your God. Um, Stay connected to the fact that this really is temporary. Although it feels like it's scary because we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know. We don't see an end in sight. We don't. We, we, we have totally lost resilience to the fact that life as we know it is no more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say stay connected to positive energy. Stay connected to your friends that bring you positive energy. Stay connected. Stay in touch via FaceTime or Zoom or TikTok or whatever. Whatever whatever the platform is. Stay connected. Stay connected. Filter what you take in. Mm -hmm. Filter. 
I think it's very important. Raven, Raven knows I don't watch the news a lot. I don't watch the news at all. If I get information, it's either through my brother or if I get like a little news break blur because or TikTok or TikTok. We love our TikToks, <laughs> skibbity paps. Uh, we love our skibbity paps. We got to tell y'all about that one day. But laughter, laughter is really good medicine. Um, Raven and I laugh and joke. Raven is nuts. I don't know if y'all. <laughs> Raven is freaking nuts. She is so funny. And we just have so much fun just just being together. And I think that's important. Whoever we do you have are quarantining or are staying at home with, this is the perfect time to use that time to get to know who you're with. You know, my bishop always says um, there in every crisis, there is opportunity. I love Bishop Brandy for that word. Shout out to Bishop Brandy. Yes. I love that word. And I, that always stuck with me when he said it, because if you think about every crisis you've been through, there was always an opportunity in it. It is very true. And so I've taken that word and I've made it one of my mantras. And so although we are here, I, I've started gratitude. That's another way mm -hmm. to stay connected gratitude. I mean, every day, I'm so grateful to be in staying in place with my beloved daughter. I am so grateful that we are healthy and whole. I'm so grateful that we like each other. We're not in the house together, um, but disliking each other. So it's so much to be grateful. Yes. So stay grateful. I think that's so important. Um, you said something about filtering what you take in. And I, mm -hmm. um, that's that's really important because as I was doing my notes for this podcast, I was just thinking about that and just filtering what you willingly bring into your space and take into your space is so important. Because I feel like a lot of times all we do is sit on Facebook and sit on Instagram and sit in front of the TV. And then we complain why we're not feeling good or we complain mm -hmm. why our spirits are down. You willingly brought that negative energy demon into your space Come on, Ray. into Come on. your mind into your your space so i feel like filtering what you take in is everything like you have to filter what you give access to your space i can't give everything access because i don't really care about y'all lives i can't be on facebook and instagram too too much because i don't want all of y'all lives coming into my life i have enough going on in my life so filtering what you take in is so so important in you have to almost be able to step outside of yourself to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I love Robin. I cannot inundate her with all the negativity that is on the news. Mm -hmm. I honor her, so I cannot always be feeding her junk. Mm -hmm. You know, I gotta guard my mind. I gotta guard my spirit. Plant based. You know, I gotta guard my soul. You know, eventually guard my cardiovascular health with this plant-based diet hallelujah make me do oh shit, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so back to this topic on culture i feel like we kind of got off a little bit talking about Tuskegee. but the first thing that came to my mind and we kind of hit on this a little bit um last episode but when i was constructing this episode on culture um, in our culture as believers in Christ, you know, it's heavily based in we do not it, it's heavily operated on building up the capacity to believe in faith that we don't operate on the same frequencies of the world. 
we don't necessarily move on the same time frame when it comes to being promoted in our fields or being accelerated as the world. And and just about two days ago, I was speaking life into one of my friends, one of somebody who's really becoming one of my close friends. And I was just telling him that, like, you know, don't worry about I feel like we we have a culture that is so um, consumed in overworking and we have to work, 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 work to be the best or we have to work, work, work to get ahead. We have to work, work, work crazy to be whoever we think we're supposed to be. And I was just telling him that something about the anointing is it doesn't play fair. The anointing doesn't operate on the same frequencies of the world. And so if God has a purpose for you, if he's anointed you to do something, he will accelerate you to the front of the line just so you can do his will. And so as young people of God who are talented, who are gifted, who are smart, I would really like for us to be be able to, to cultivate our kingdom culture of rest Because that's what we are as children of God. The Bible tells us, do not take any thought to your life. The Bible says, don't take thought to what you will eat and drink, what clothes you will wear on your back. The Bible says, don't take any thought to that. Because we are, our culture is not to worry. Our culture is to be restful. Our culture is to know that it will work out because that's what God's, that's what God said will happen. So mom, as a single mom, and you've been my single mom for 19 years, how have you balanced this culture of rest in knowing that God will take care of it all when you really have to still be a mom, have to go out and get it, have to work hard? How do you balance, how do you balance the two? And what advice would you give to teens who are concerned about the balance between working and doing their part and trusting God? And then how do we lean and rely more on God in this? Mm. All right. That's such a good question. You're such a good interviewer. I love Thank this. you. I'm enjoying this. Can we do a part four and five? Yes. Three, four and five. We can. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm messing up your time. But um, I would say, how do you balance it? How do you do it? One word, one word, that word is trust. Or I'll say two words, trust God. Mm, trust God, y'all. And I know it sounds like, oh, that's so, what you, honestly, trust God. God, trust that God is always with you. Trust that if you cry out to him, he will hear you. Mm. Trust that he is always working on your behalf. Trust that this universe he created for us is working for us, right? That's my mama favorite saying. (laughs) Trust that this universe that was created was created for us to work for us. Trust the, what I call the genie in the bottle um, theory. Mm -hmm. And that is no, Jesus ain't no theory. Ooh, Jesus, give me a car. You get a car. Yeah. But that God gave you a voice in a voice-activated kingdom. Mm. That's his method. He gave you a voice in a voice-activated kingdom. So so that means everything that you say activates the world that you're in. Wow. Right? And so... Free game, y'all. So I'm telling you that this voice-activated kingdom, you speak into the universe when you speak. So everything that happens... You're speaking it into existence. You know, I got to give a little tip. I'll never forget when one of our youth, and it's, it's, I promise you it's not about me. It's really about our mother, Kiori, 
when Cleora went to Howard, nobody knows. Howard, Howard is not a cheap school. It's not inexpensive. And when Kiori went to Howard, we celebrated her graduation from Howard when she went. Mm -hmm. We already spoke of her graduation. We spoke of how awesome it's going to be that she's going to graduate and be a Howard graduate. Activate your life. Activate your world with your voice. Your voice. This is a voice activated kingdom. So we are speaking things like they've already happened. Yeah. So day one when she went, we are we're already thanking and praising God for her graduation. Guess what? She, she graduated. graduated. She graduated. She graduated. Oh, glory. Ah, oh, Jesus. Glory. She graduated. Believe in voice activation in your life. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little excited. Okay. Yes, Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Believe. No, but my mama is speaking truth. Like she, th- mm-hmm. this is why I am who I am. Let me tell you because it's mm-hmm. of who she is. My mom was saying something today and she was like, when I had, when I, when my mom had me, you were already inside of me. That seed, the reason why I am like I am, the reason why I talk like how I talk is because of her. As you hear her spitting free game, I'm like, <laughs> We do live in a voice activated kingdom. She is so wise, like y'all, and she will be back on the podcast. But yes, we live in a voice activated kingdom. The world, the world tries to replicate our culture, and we have to remember that they call it manifestation. We call it speak those things that be not as though they were. So no matter what it's looking like, no matter if it happened yet, if it didn't happen yet, say I'ma get a husband, I'ma get a house, I'ma get the apartment. My rent gonna be paid free. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. In In Jesus' Jesus name. name. It's celebrated like it already happened. Because he is working for our good, for us. I think sometimes we get it twisted like God is working against us if it don't happen. Yeah, Maybe yeah, sometimes God yeah. just waiting for us to speak those yeah, things. Wait, yeah. it is so funny you say that. Real quick, I was going to say that. It is so funny. Um, I think subconsciously, I think subconsciously a lot of times, even as saints, we have a subconscious belief that God is working against us. Yeah. I really do believe that. I really believe that we have not even tapped into God is forever in my favor, forever working in for my good. Wow. You know, I never forget I heard a saint say, if it's God's will that I lose my house. And I remember thinking to myself, not, not dogging Why would them. that be God's will? Why would it be God? It don't even make Why? sense. God loves me. Why would he want me on the street? And that's when I first started to open my, my mindset to a theory that I call the atheist Christian. Wow. Atheist Christian. The worst thing a Christian could ever do is not have faith in the God they say they serve. And through history, through things that are totally not God, we have built a wall of unbelief in a only believing culture. We've built this wall of unbelief in the seat of a place that only operates in belief. That's just me. That's just my love. Wow, that y'all. That's yeah. the podcast. We yeah. have to come back to that. Okay. We gotta. We gotta move on, but we gotta. We gotta come back to that. All right, y'all. Y'all know I couldn't in our last pretty much five minutes. Sorry, it's okay. 
Um, I had to bring my mom on here and talk about this financial piece because if y'all know Miss Robin Hughes, Miss Robin Hughes has money. Oh. And that's just what it is. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to just skip to question five because I know that you said you didn't want to necessarily talk about your savings and stocks and rental properties. <laughs> but in our culture when we when we talk about the culture of our finances and black people in the kingdom of god having it trusting god how does tithing play into this because one thing that my mom has taught me in life let me if, if one thing if if i go to my grave with one thing that my mom taught me it is tithing i've been tithing since a younger my mom just asked me this morning did you pay your tithes and it's so instilled in me to the point where if i go out and doordash and i'm like God, I want to go out and make $40. You best believe I'm going to make $44 so I can have that $4 to give back to Jesus because it's his. So what have you learned from investing your money into the kingdom of God through tithing? And how has this blessed your house in return? Oh, my God. How has my house been blessed? Well, I, I do. I, I believe in tithing. And as I as I get older, I also understand the importance of no fear and being a cheerful giver. A lot of times we as saints, me included, I've been in a position where I paid my tithes out of fear. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to yeah. what you said, Raven, that whole, just this altered belief in who God is in our life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. tithing for me says, God, Jesus. you own it all. There is nothing that I can do that will beat your giving. And believe me, the enemy comes up. And the funny thing I notice about giving is it gets harder to give the more you have. Mm -hmm. That's why I know it's devilment. And I think about, you know, the scriptures in the Bible when I think it was Ananias and Sapphira. They had extra to give and they held back and then went and voluntarily lied about what they had. God didn't even ask them for that. So it's a matter of when your hands are closed, they are not open to receive. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I don't know what Rob Raven talking about now. Y'all all know I'm I'm definitely not rich, but I voice activated kingdom. But but I was gonna say, but God has really taught me something about a voice activated kingdom when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And God is He's requiring us to be savvy when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And smart when it comes to money. And and to surround yourself with like-minded people. Iron shopper and iron. So I, I surround myself with like-minded people with money goals. And the thing I love about money, I said my goal in life about money is I want to get to a point where I am financially unbothered. That means that my bishop needs you know, a brand new roof put on a church. On the church, I want to be able to be that anonymous person that write the check. Don't nobody know where it came from, and I'm totally unbothered that that three hundred thousand dollars came out of my account. I, I want to be financially free to totally live in my God-given purpose. Yeah, and I, something came to me while I was writing. I just want to say it because we only got three minutes left, but. I was just thinking about something like everything I have is yours. And and when thinking about the relationship that me and my mom have, me and my mom, like, you know, it is, it is about Jesus. But the way me and my mom work, and I don't know how you and y'all moms do, 
But anything I ask my mom for, even if it's mom, like, can you give me like anything she has, it she freely gives to me. And that's not something she has to do. That's not something that's a part of the game. I don't know if y'all moms do that. I don't know if I'm just favored. But anything my mom has, she ex everything she has is mine. And like not saying mine like that, but everything she has, she gives to me. And I feel like that's how we have to become with God. I feel like we kind of give parts of ourselves to God. God, let me be in relationship in marriage with you in such a way that everything I have is yours. Nothing is separated. If I ask for your card, if I ask for da da da, everything I have is yours. Like everything is yours, God. And that's when I believe that we begin to really walk in strengthened relationship with God. Yes. And I just want to share that. And that's yeah. great sharing, right? And it, it gets to the ultimate truth of everything that I have is yours, God, even me. Mm-hmm. I would I'm not my own. Yeah. I was bought with a price. That's what the word of God. I am I not freely my own. give. God paid the ultimate price for my very life. So I freely give myself. That's free game right there. That's free game. game. I freely give myself to you. And it is. It's a process. Because we have to cut through this flesh. Flesh monsters, as Uncle Ronnie used to say. We're flesh monsters. And we cut through to the fact of, Lord, here I am. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. To you, I freely give myself. Good, That's good, right? That was the game right there. You, you spoke that. Thank you. You spoke that, Evangelist. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. We have come to the literal ending. It's, I had the perfect amount of questions. Like, we finally made it to our end of the series. My mom will be back. We're so grateful to have her. In these last 10 seconds, I want to say make sure you hugged your mama for Mother's Day. Yes. Um, love you guys. Thank you so much, mom, for being on here. You gave so much wisdom and love. And I'll see you guys next week for Soul Care Sunday. Love you guys.